Hey everyone and welcome back to the Kate Hamilton Health Podcast. So in today's episode, I chat with Dave Fell. Dave is an online coach and owner of Fell Fitness. We had such a great conversation about all areas involving fat loss and calorie deficit. So this is very much kind of calorie deficit, habits-based kind of conversation. We start off talking a little bit about his background and his struggles with his weight as a teenager and how that affected his confidence and how that led to him um, getting into the gym, getting into fitness, um, got a job in the corporate world, but then realized that his passion really was in fitness and wanted to make a career of it. So we don't spend too much time talking about the career, even the career change, even though I wanted to, we ran out of time. We're definitely going to have a part two. Um, But we spent most of the time talking about fat loss really Um, and what's really cool about this conversation is he spins it quite a bit and asks me um a lot of questions too because as a lot of you will know that I am current if you're listening to this in real time that I have been doing um a 52 day calorie deficit so I'm coming as we're recording this I'm on like day 42 so um he was asking quite specific questions about my calorie deficit journey um in relate and then obviously I was asking him questions we were having kind of a discussion around fat loss and calorie deficits in general. So I think you'll find this really beneficial because the questions that he asks me about my journey are questions that probably a lot of you are thinking. So I really hope you enjoy this. We talk about the weighing scales and how, you know, that much that influences us and how we need to try and move away from it and what we should use the scales for. We talk about calorie deficits and getting into like a mild calorie deficit and how to do that, like reasonable dieting and making it sustainable over time. We talk about maintenance and how important it is to take a break from a calorie deficit. And especially now coming towards Christmas times, we talk a little bit about how to manage Christmas as well, which is great. And we talk about kind of the the, all the. 1200 calorie debate which is always a topic of discussion and argument and we talk a little bit about our thoughts around that and we talk about how to like you know we talk about calorie calculators and figuring out your calories without using calorie calculators and we talk about simplicity that which is something that he really likes to focus on and with his clients you know simple recipes that don't have much waste that use ordinary Um, ingredients that aren't too expensive he's all about making health and fitness accessible to everyone which I absolutely love I think you're really going to enjoy this episode and get loads of benefit from it so without further ado here is Dave Fell. Dave welcome to the podcast thank you Uh, I'm really excited to have you on and I'm sorry for all the rush there getting um getting set up to get started but um I suppose the First thing I will start then would be, um, do you want to let everyone know a little bit about you and your background? Yeah, absolutely. And don't worry about that, Kate. It's honestly a pleasure to come on and, and thanks you, thanks for having this me this morning. Um, so yeah, so a little bit about me. So kind of like a lot of people, I guess, in the fitness industry, I come from a background of being a little bit overweight, having struggled, and that was kind of throughout all my teenage years. And I was, I was really into sport, but I, had, I kind of didn't have, uh, I guess, the physicality to go. So I was kind of like the, the fat one that got stuck in goal. Um, so, and then after kind of struggling all through then, I kind of did my own research and I really uh, tried to focus on myself and kind of like towards my late teenage years and into my early 20s that's when I really started focusing on fitness and I never thought I'd I'd kind of be a PT or anything like that I actually went into working into the corporate world and worked at Nestle for five years before I then uh, eventually came into kind of like the PT and coaching world so I kind of like fell into it in a in a kind of happy coincidence way um so yeah so having struggled with it in the past and then I started helping my friends and then it turned out to like people in work and then eventually yeah it's led to where I'm coming now which which is coaching and now it's one of those I'm sure that you feel the same having coming from another career once you land yourself in the career like you couldn't imagine doing anything else yeah, yeah, that's it. And that's it. Like when we were chatting beforehand, you know, and this story of coming from the corporate world into the fitness industry, like it's obviously, you know, I have a similar story um, coming from the teaching world. But um, when you do discover that career that you feel so passionate about it, um, like it really is life changing. But how did you so if you went from so you were you were sporty as a kid, but like maybe didn't know much about nutrition, was a little bit overweight. What was the turning point? So you say you got into fitness. How did that happen? Like what um, did you meet a coach that helped you? Did you like, where did you, where was the turning point? 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good question. And, and it, for me, it kind of wasn't one singular event because I know I always, like, really struggled um, as a child. And, like, you know, when my, my friends were kind of always the ones that would absolutely eat whatever they whatever they like and they'd all have, like, these really, be really skinny, really six-packs. And I was always so envious of that. And, like, when people used to ask me to go to the beach and it just really caused, like, massive anxiety for me in terms of, like, I didn't want to go because I knew I'd have to take my top off in order to, like, join in with all the stuff. So... So eventually it got to like a turning point where I was just like, I've, I've basically had enough. I really want to change. And it was a process of like going through a lot of things. And I remember one vivid memory I have is kind of like when I was about 16, like I had a chart of, of all the things that I could eat throughout the day. And that was like two wheat bits and some milk in the morning and then a cup of soup at lunch and an apple in the afternoon and whatever my mum was making for tea in the evening. And I'd tick it off as we go. And that was obviously before I got educated on on how to do things properly but for me that was kind of a kind of a like a little cheat sheet in order to get a head start on it so it wasn't kind of one particular event but I kind of it was kind of an amalgamation of all these kind of things and you know as I said like my friends used to like call me fat and stuff as like that's just like we all know how ruthless some teenage teenagers can be kind of particularly you know if you're in playing in sports team and and got that social environment so it's kind of all of those things and then one kind of one day I was just like no I've had enough and it took it took a lot of years of like trial and learning and testing out different things and and what worked for me um but yeah then eventually I think yeah it was kind of into my early 20s when I finally was like right I'm I'm in a place where I'm I'm eventually a bit happy and and as I say that was before I was I was going into kind of a coach and and then I kind of took it kind of upon myself to like to try and like help my over my friends and things like that so it wasn't kind of like a particular coach or anything like that it was just through doing my own research online after kind of having enough I guess yeah that's amazing um and I think that figuring things out for yourself you actually learn more and that obviously you know I'm all for education and you know upskilling and everything but there you can't teach someone what it feels like to actually go through it yeah and that I think what's really important with a weight loss journey, which I'm sure you'll agree with your own clients, is that like what I will say to my clients is it doesn't have to be perfect ever like that. And you you have a goal. You don't know. How, you don't need to know how you're going to get there and you'll learn as you go. And there's no such thing as mistakes because you have to try things to be like, oh, that doesn't work or that doesn't work for me. Or, oh, hold on this actually works you know and then kind of lean into it learn from your mistakes lean into what feels good um it's the best way to learn exactly and and exactly what you've just said there in terms of figuring out what works for you because there's going to be so many different you know techniques and and there's a million one ways that you can lose fat and there's you know what's works for some other people might not work for others because i know something i've used in the past it's like intermittent fasting or basically just waiting until like the midday um to eat your first meal but my brother is an early riser he likes to train in the morning so for someone like him who needs to fuel his workouts or whatever he's doing that's not potentially going to be be good for him so as you said it's really important to go through that trial and error period and find out what works for you and did you when you were when you got to the stage you're like okay i've had enough i'm sick of being overweight i'm sick of you know the peer pressure that comes with that and i, I just want to make a change did you just start googling like did you google what's a healthy diet did you you know how did you or, did, yeah. or like who did you learn from like was it your parents your you know so so funnily enough my dad was actually a personal trainer but um so he didn't kind of he he was really um helpful with my training like we did do some sessions together we had a home gym at one point but this was way before we kind of like it, I didn't get enough use of out, out of it before I started properly getting into the gym. Um, so I didn't probably lean into that as much as I should have done. But yeah, it was Google. And honestly, it's an absolute minefield out there, as we know. And that was this was kind of before all the iPhones and like podcasts was really in the mainstream. So it was just a case of Googling, finding out about calorie deficit. And then, as you say, it was kind of more of like a, a test and learn process in terms of one actual like source of information that really stood out for me. So it's kind of like a mixture of loads of different things and and it's kind of not as clear as i think some of it can be now but also there is so many people trying to sell you their specific program or way to do things that it can get also a bit confusing as well i guess yeah no i can totally relate to that because um which i presume that interest in 
you know, health and fitness, like, you know, and Googling and figuring out what works for you is what led you to eventually want to qualify um, as a PT to be able to, you know, to take it further for yourself and then obviously to help others. Um, and like for me, it was it was similar enough, like obviously um, you I presume you're in your 20s, are you? Yeah, I'm 26. You're 26. Yeah. So I'm 37. So I'm what, t- 11 years older than you. When I was like a kid, so if, when I was 17, 16, 17, um, there, like you couldn't Google, like you, there wasn't, I'm not sure there was Google, but it wasn't like you didn't have it on your phone, you know, like it wasn't. So the information that we would have been getting would have been from TV and would have been from magazines. And a lot of like, I'll, I'll speak for women because I work with women and I'm, I know men will have their own story as well. But a lot of women my age and older, you know, would have a seriously fucked up mindset when it comes to um, body image what is considered attractive for a woman what, what women should be smaller women women should be lighter all of this information was fed to us like without us without us having much control over it it's what we saw on the tv we saw in the magazines and then obviously slimming clubs like i i think i was 18 years old and i probably weighed like 135 maybe 140 pounds so like what 60 something kilos and i went to weight watchers because i thought i was getting overweight wow i had literally just started college and started you know drinking every weekend that i might have gained a few pounds because i was drinking more you know it wasn't you know there was uh, but like so that conditioning then started and then when it got to the stage of me being like in my 20s all right what's actually healthy what do i you know i remember googling this and being like you know what is a healthy diet because you see paleo you see vegan you see you know like there's all these conflicting ideas and at the time i was like I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, but I thought I had to do something with a label on it in order to be healthy. And that's actually what led me to originally then do my precision nutrition course, which I did before I did my PT course, because I was like, I just want to know more about this, about what I should be doing. No, that's a great shout. And it's exactly what you said there about having to try and put a label on on what it is when in in reality, what is going to work best for most people is might be like a a kind of a joint effort of of all of these strategies, really, and just finding a nice balance in that. But yeah, what you're saying in terms of you got a lot of it from TV and magazines, like we all know that magazines, like the photos are edited and all that. So if that's how you picture your beauty standards, and that's that's where you're getting the majority of your influence but we didn't know that back in the day well i don't know maybe some people did i didn't know that they were edited or they were photo i didn't know what photoshop was so yeah so i can imagine just how damaging that could have been and as you say like it's all these like extreme methods it's all this like get x amount of weight loss in six weeks or whatever it is so actually you've done pretty well to come out the other side so so yeah well done for that yeah and that's what i do now i work with ladies who are on a similar journey to what I've gone through to help guide them out the other side and change that mindset, you know? That's awesome. But yeah, and I've seen that you're obviously doing your, your Christmas calorie deficit at the minute. It's going well. Um, and you, one thing you said earlier is about how it doesn't need to be perfection. And obviously, so I've seen after this weekend, you had a little bit of a spike. So just, and then getting straight back to it. So that's obviously a huge part of it. And just keeping like, a lot of people need to be educated on why that happens, I guess. Yeah, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the scales because exactly the reason why I have a few people messaging me, I have, I have a huge amount of people messaging me about the calorie deficit in general. It's funny because when I started it, I was like, I got as far as like day seven, I was like, oh my God, people are going to be so sick of me by day 52. <laughs> what have I done? But funnily enough, they're not. Like people are messaging me being like, this is so helpful, like to be able to see the ups and downs. And I love some people that will message me being like, why are you weighing yourself every day? It's not healthy to weigh yourself every day. And I just want to be really clear that I'm weighing myself every day to show you how much your weight goes up and down. Mm-hmm. That, um, you know, I don't weigh myself every day when I'm not doing this. I'm, I, You know, and if I was doing a calorie deficit... And I was to weigh myself every day. I'm I'm thinking about it as, as a weekly average. To be honest, I'm actually not really thinking about the scales at all because I train pretty hard and I'm looking to build muscle as well. So I'm looking at my photos. That my body composition is what's important to me. But when it comes to the scales, like you were saying there, my weekend that I just had was a special occasion weekend. It was our ten year wedding anniversary. My parents had a wedding anniversary. We had like four meals out in the space of three days. It was insane. And so I, you know, I had banked some calories. I knew that the calories I'd banked wouldn't be enough to to safety net me, but it was fine. I was like, okay. And then I just kept my breakfast and lunches as normal as I could, went, had my occasions, enjoyed them. And now I've got 
10 days left of this calorie deficit. I have one more meal out on Sunday, which I'm going to be a little bit stricter with because I'm like, for these last 10 days, I'm down to 1800. I started the calorie deficit at 22. But because I've had some kind of days where I've, I've gone a good bit over, I'm like, right, okay, 10 days. I can lower, and 1800 is low for me. Um, and I would argue it's low for most people. Um, a lot of people would argue that it isn't. But like, I find that a challenge. But I'm willing to do that short term just to get to my point, to, to get to my point, finish my 52 days. Um, but I think it's really important. Sorry, there's two points from this that, and then I'll let you talk about it. But is to like my weight after that weekend came all the way back up to nearly what it was at its starting point. But I have lost a lot of body fat. A lot of that weight that I was holding on to on Monday or Tuesday, whatever day it was, is water retention from the extra sugar. That, like you cannot gain four pounds of fat in three days. It just doesn't happen. Like, um, it's, It takes a bit more work than that. Um, and as long as you don't feel guilty and spiral and turn it into like two weeks worth of work. Um, and then the other point I want to, that I want to make with this calorie deficit is if you keep it too restrictive, you're not going to be able to stick to it long term. And it takes time. And you have to find, like, isn't it better to be on a higher amount of calories, being able to go out for dinner, being able to pull back a little bit and have a life. And then actually, like, even if it takes you a bit longer, you'll get there because you can actually stick to it. Yeah. And that's and that's why it's so important for you to show people about about the different the ways that what can spike up and down. And as you say, like you've had a 10 year anniversary, you're obviously celebrating with your parents as well. And your life is going to be so much better, so much easier. And you're going to find this deficit so much you know easier to stick to if you can allow yourself to have these times and it's just that education around like okay so we've had this but we know the weight's going to spike up and that's where most people hit the panic button but then it's just that education around okay so that's happened but get straight back in your deficit today you don't need to do anything else that's really out of the ordinary you just go straight back to it and then you know if you trust the process that weight come down as well and one thing you mentioned as well is about people messaging about weighing every day and kind of you know now you're going a bit more aggressive with your deficit sometimes it's really nice to have that kind of end goal in in sight in terms of the day and obviously yours is happening for 52 days um so if you can set yourself kind of that target and just say right i know that on x date i'm going to come out of this deficit maybe take a bit of a diet break go into maintenance calories it's you can actually set yourself like a really good target of being like right i'm going to go a little bit more aggressive and go for it and as you say you don't need to weigh yourself every single day of the year but when you do go through these periods where you really want to hit it hard weighing yourself is going to be really crucial for understanding how the scales can spike up and down and also kind of like just it just keeps yourself in check and obviously shows how committed you can be to the journey so it's kind of what i say to my clients as well as like you shouldn't be doing it every single day but just we're going to do it for the short period of time, build up the habits and knowledge. And when you come up the other end, you don't really have to do it anymore. You just kind of keep things in check and everything else will take care of itself. Yeah. And what I find with me now, like my body weight to me is just a number. Like I just, it, it doesn't mean anything to me. Like, um, and, but it would have a couple of years ago. And I think it's really good practice to get in to see it just as what it is, which is data information. Mm -hmm. That's all, that's all it is by stepping on the scales every day. And the worst thing you can do, particularly as a woman, like you might argue, it might be a little bit different for men, but particularly as a woman, the worst thing you can do is weigh yourself weekly, which, yeah. which is what like slimming clubs do. And the reason is because you're going to be at a different stage of your cycle every week. So, you know, if you're like, I know that like in my mid cycle, when I'm ovulating, I get I hold more fluid and my scale and the scales goes up. Likewise, as I'm coming up towards my time of the month, I, I weigh a little heavier. However, the week after it, I'm feeling super lean. And it's all to do with the amount of water that you're retaining in your body. Um, and so that would be the one reason why I'd always say weekly is the worst. So with my program, because I have a lot of people with that are kind of, you know, would have an unhealthy relationship with the scales. I think some people aren't ready for the daily weigh-in. Now, it, it depends on like the, everything that I talk, that we talk about, it totally depends on the person. But for a lot of people who have, you know, that really do kind of wrap their mood and their self-worth up with what the scale says, just stay off it. They're, you know, take measurements, take photos. And what we do is we weigh and measure every four weeks. Yeah, absolutely spot on. And as you say, it's, it doesn't have to be the scales. You know, I've, 
uh, when I take my clients through the program, I say, I would like you to weigh daily, but you know, I've got a few people that have said, you know what, that's actually would be a bit triggering for me. So it's like, absolutely. Let's look for non-scale victories. Let's look for how you're feeling instead of measuring your weight. Maybe we'll manage, measure your energy levels, how your sleep is improving. We'll obviously take photos. And as you say, like the different body composition is really what you want to focus on. And it's not just about weight. So that's all, that's all really positive, as, as you say. Why don't we take that more seriously, The how we feel? Like, why is that not the top unit of measurement? I know it's probably because our mind play, minds play trick, tricks with us and it's harder to measure. But like your sleep quality, your energy levels, your strength in the gym, your you're wanting to go out for a walk. You know, that that win that clients get when they, they start, they put a daily walk in place and then they get to the stage that when they get too busy and they can't get the walk in, they actually miss the walk. Like that's such a win. And it, and it all comes back to this. We've been kind of conditioned to know like, because all the mag- the marketing around these magazines and TVs, it's lose X amount of weight in X weeks. But actually, if you said to your client at the end of, at the end of 12 weeks, would you rather have lost X amount of pounds on the scales or would you have rather lost a little bit of weight, but your your mood is increasing, your energy increasing, you're sleeping better. You've built up these habits that are really good for your exercise. You're actually fitter. I'm sure they'd snap your hand at, at the latter rather than just seeing that, that weight come off on the scales. Yeah. And I think like that's such an important point that I think, you know, if there's someone who has quite a lot of weight to lose and they're in an unhealthy weight bracket, there is that anxiety of I'm not in a healthy weight range. I'm worried about my health. I need to get my weight down um, because I like, you know, I want to be around for my kids or I want to be able to have kids or whatever the reason is, you know, so like that, that urgency is there. But then there's people who are kind of within that, that weight, healthy weight range and they're so fixated on getting lower, lower, maybe before they had kids, they weighed nine stone or something and they want to get back to nine stone. But like, cause they were nine stone when they were 20 and now they're 40 and they want to get back to nine stone. I'm like nine stone when you're 40 might just make you look like you're 50. Yeah. It's, it's really important to remember but it's also like anyone that i have spoken to like any bodybuilders or anyone who has got down to a lean weight for a photo shoot or whatever for whatever reason being really lean has not made them happy yeah it's it's not where happiness is and the thing is on like obviously you want to improve your health so it's really important to remember that the scales is not the determining factor everything that you've said energy levels sleep happiness and Another thing as well, if you've got a really, if you're listening to this and you have a really long journey ahead of you, um, the joy is actually in the journey and the self-discovery and all the fun things that you learn about yourself and the challenges you overcome and the wins that you meet along the way. That's the fun part. Once you get there, you need to have got there in a fun way to be able to keep up the habits to keep it fun. Well, and this is and this is it, and and you'll quickly realise that when you get to where you thought you wanted to be, the goalposts have now changed, and that you know you're you're feeling more confident and everything yourself, and and that just pushes you to be a better version of yourself, and that's what's so, I guess, good in a way about about starting your fitness journey is it, it you're always aiming to improve yourself and better yourself, no matter you know whether it's you know in terms of your fitness, in terms of your health, in terms of your mental health, it's all really really good, and and kind of understanding that. You can get to where you want to be, but once you achieve those goals, you are just going to be wanting to push even more. And that and that's, again, just po- uh, promoting those really positive health benefits. Yeah, which I think is why the intention is so important because, you know, and it's OK, like a lot of people will start their journey because they want to look better. They want to lose a bit of weight, They, you know, and that that's there's nothing wrong with that at all. But what happens is when you commit to, to the journey, it opens up this gate, these gates of personal development. Like I remember for a long time, I was just stagnant just in my everyday life. Like, and I know we'll talk a little bit about career changes and stuff, just everyday life. My like, oh, this is my life now until I die, you know? And, <laughs> um, yeah, I'll raise my kids in between and I might go on the odd holiday. Woo-hoo! Um, but that there was no excitement. There was no personal development. And I was quite closed mindset. Whereas suddenly when I like discovered this world of fitness and being a, a growth mindset and being able to do things that I didn't know I could do. It was like, wow, what else can I do? And that's the exciting thing. So like your goals now are your goals, but as you start moving towards them, it's okay for them to change. And there is no end point. And I think that's the mistake that people make. It's like they have a goal and they never reach their goal because it always seems so far away and they self-sabotage or whatever. Cause they're, I don't know what they, they're afraid to reach it or they don't believe they can. But there is like it's not it's not a destination. 
Yeah, exactly that. And um, I think you're absolutely right with what you said there. One thing I actually wanted to ask you, Kate, was so with with your deficit calories. So obviously you started with two thousand two hundred, and now a lot of people out there will will be looking at that and think I could never ever lose weight on that. So one thing I was really actually just wanting to ask you about is is how have you been doing on those calories and how you know in terms of your weight loss has that been how have you found that have you been really full on those high amount of calories i know you've cut it down to like a lot of it you did at 2000 and now you're into 1800 but how have you found that and for anybody watching this who thinks in order to diet i know i need to cut down to 1200 calories what would you say to them in that regard okay um so like with the 1200 I, I have like, I just, I get so cross about the 1200 calorie thing and I, people like, and people will, cause I'll put videos out of it. So people will attack me about this. People, especially short people, I get a lot of really angry short people that get at, that come at me at this. I can't lose weight on, on 1200. And my argument, I don't care. I don't know anyone who's actually fucking sticking to 1200 calories. Like realistically for more than two weeks. Do you? Yeah. I mean, it is it is so little. Like you know, I try to get about five hundred calories per meal, and you know, if you have three meals at five hundred calories, you're already three hundred calories over, which is potentially enough to take you out of your deficit if that's what you are setting as your deficit amount. So, and that's without any snacks, that's without any like coffees or anything like that. So, absolutely, like there are going to be some people who are really small that potentially twelve hundred might be okay for, but obviously that like you couldn't say that as a blanket statement for everybody so so yeah it's it's a really difficult difficult one and and i'm sure yeah you will have people coming at you for 1200 calories saying i need to do this but i think it's just that education and just you know what you're doing in terms of your deficit and showing people that you can lose weight on those increased amount of calories is going to be so so much more beneficial for people yeah and i think my answer to the angry people who are advocating the 1200 calories is how is that working out for you? Because these are people that are struggling with their weight because they're trying to stick to 1200 calories. And they're like, I can't lose weight unless I have 1200 calories. But they're probably tracking 1200 calories Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe Thursday. And then definitely by Saturday are not tracking because you can't actually have a life on that kind of calories. So if they were to actually track everything they had for the whole week and saw what their weekly calories were, it would be interesting if they had just tracked, let's say, I know okay, we're talking shorter person. Let's just say if they tracked 1600 calories every day and then perhaps on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 1200, then maybe they do feel full on 1200. Yeah. Save those extra few hundred calories, put it towards your meal out on the Saturday night or your bottle of wine on the Friday night or whatever. Get that balance, but know that you have this liberation that I don't need to restrict that much. And if I'm patient and I just commit to it over time, because the problem is when we're too restrictive, we don't commit to it over time. And that was another reason why I'm like, I'm doing a 52 day calorie deficit just to show how fucking long it is. I am so sick of my calorie deficit. I can't wait to be finished it. And to be honest, without the accountability of sharing it on the internet, I probably would have been like, fuck it. You know, I, I'm, I'm fine as I am. <laughs> <laughs> and all that but um so like that accountability is great and it is just about being re repetitive and showing up for yourself and when things don't go perfectly like and what i will say to my clients always is the one thing i can like everyone's journey is going to be different but the one thing i can guarantee will happen to everyone is you will fall down on, along these eight weeks like you just it it's inevitable when i say fall down like as in you know you're gonna have a not perfect day and, you know it, it's gonna happen to everyone things come up life gets in the way and life isn't perfect. So I don't know why we expect our weight loss journey to be perfect. And the best way, so I suppose the, my maintenance, my maintenance calories is probably at about 2,600. I resistance train four times a week and have done for years. So I've got quite a lot of muscle mass on my body already. Mm -hmm. um, I'm five foot six, but I'm also like, I also kind of weigh quite heavy for my size. Like I weigh heavier than what I look. So like, I, I don't know, like I, yeah, like, I don't know if it's even a thing, having heavy bones. I don't know. But I, so I like, in fairness, my body is quite a good calorie burning machine. I have good metabolic health. I, you know, so um, that does work to my advantage. I'm also quite active. Now, a lot of people will, will pass up like, oh, well, you're a personal trainer. You're really active. I sit at a desk a lot of the day. I don't teach, like I teach one class a week. Mm -hmm. And um, so all my movement. And so when I go to the gym, I strength train. I lift heavy weights. And I focus on strength and building muscle. My yeah. activity levels come from 
me actively prioritizing them. So I live in a village and we live down the bottom of the village. The school is at the top of the village. It's about a 15 minute walk uphill. I walk my kids to school every day then I walk back and then go about my day, go to the gym, get my work done. And then when it's time to collect them, I walk back up to collect them and back down. And then just by doing those two things, just scheduling it into my day, I hit 12,000 steps a day. That's my cardio. And that and that's it. And that's going to be so important for actually just like for helping you on your journey. And kind of one thing that you were just saying in there in terms of like your maintenance is 2,600 calories. Like a lot of people will look at that and they'll be like, Kate's so lucky. How can she, you know, be at maintenance on 2,600 calories when actually what they don't consider is the amount that you've been strength training and building up that muscle 12k steps a day and you'll have a high protein diet which are really really key things that you can do to increase your metabolic rate and your maintenance calories so for a lot of people that are like oh it's genetics it's what can i do i'm stuck in this rut where i feel like my maintenance is really low it's the strength training it's the eating a high protein diet it's the getting the high step count these are all things that are going to improve increase your maintenance calories i mean that you can eat more and when you deficit down that you don't have to go into that 1200 1200 1300 1400 calorie mark yeah and dave that's it like there's nothing special about me i do except that i have just done that over time so there there's nothing that i do that anyone else can't do like everyone can do this and but i think as well the problem for a lot of people is they're looking for a quick fix and fat loss sustainable fat loss in a way where you can eat higher calories and lose weight consistently it takes time like i have lost three and a half stone in the space of six years six years five or six years probably did it in five years or whatever because it was slow and steady and I was trying different things out and I'm not saying it has to take five years to do that but um we need to stop trying to lose lose massive amounts of weight so quickly and be like how can I change my lifestyle habits so that I can improve my metabolic health so that I can improve my physical strength and and then in turn, like, as I think that's the missing piece, a lot of people don't realize how much strength training and fat loss are actually like inter- intertwined. They think, you know, I have to exercise to burn calories. It has nothing to do with that. Your calories are being burned by your amount of daily movement, by walking your kids to school, for by meeting your friend for a walk in the evening, by just doing a bit more housework or gardening, whatever. The gym is where you want to build muscle. Not and some people will do it because of what how they want to look or because they've a sports goal or whatever. But in general, you know, it it's it's should be so that you move better, so that when you're older, you're stronger and more mobile. Exactly that, and, and, that, and, and that your metabolism. So you can so you can eat more. Yeah, no, you you you've absolutely hit the nail on the head with everything that you've just said there. And I think one of the common things that I see, particularly with new clients that come to me, and I'd be interested to hear how many people come to you with this as well. It's it's you know in the first couple of weeks, it's oh Dave, I've done this amount of exercise. Does that mean I can eat X amount of calories more? And it's kind of a way, you know, these tracking apps, MyFitnessPal, NutriCheck, the way that they're set up, they do actually account, like try to take into account your exercise. But actually, again, that's really damaging behavior because we know that all these fitness and tracking watches, and, you know, if you go into a treadmill at the gym, it's set at a default for everybody. But if you are a 150 kg male, doing a 20 minutes of walking at six kilometers per hour or you are a 50 kg five foot two woman the amount of calories that you burn during that period is is going to be vastly vastly different so it's really just kind of understanding that in terms of your metabolism it's like yeah it's not a fixed amount of everybody and it, and it can be quite damaging to have to as you say like go where it's like you focus on exercise for calorie burning rather than focus on the strength training and all the other benefits that it can bring so you know do a lot of your clients that come to you do they come with this mindset of okay so i've done this exercise does that mean i can have x amount more calories per day yeah that that can be a mindset that's really hard to get rid of and it's funny like i i think the most important mindset to change both in relation to fitness and in relation to nutrition is instead of seeing it as restriction and taking things away that it should be adding things in so your fitness is not taking away calories or you know or like you know burning calories so that um you you're taking away pounds of body fat like you know your fitness should be adding strength adding muscle tissue adding to your metabolic health um and your nutrition so yeah i understand not everyone's going to be able to lose weight on 2200 calories but 
if you are someone who has to lose weight on 15 or 1600 calories, you, if you are smart with your calories, that can, that can be a lot of food, but like you had mentioned there before, it's high protein, high volume. So getting more vegetables into you and it, vegetables don't have to be boring, but if you're trying to eat McDonald's and chocolate and, you know, like just have a toasted cheese sandwich or, you know, like your, your 1500 calories are going to be gone really quickly and you're going to be hungry and you're not going to be able to stick to it. But if you get creative and you bulk your meals up, it can be quite satisfying. So it like to looking at a meal being like, what can I add to it? rather than what can I take away from my diet? Yeah, no, 100%. And exactly what you've just said there is like, your calories are to do with exactly what you want. And it, But if you spend the majority of your 1500 calories, as you say, on a cheese toasted, no way is that going to feel full. And it's actually a bit crazy. Some of the some of the clients are, are just followers on Instagram that have messaged me just being like, you know what, ever since I've prioritized protein and really tried to hit that target, I'm eating less calories than I ever have, but I'm feeling more full than I've ever felt in a deficit. And one thing um, kind of I get people to think about and what you were saying in terms of it's not what you can, what you're trying to take away while you're being in de- deficit. It's what you can add, you know, whether that's in, with volume eating or, or whatever it is. Like what I get my clients to think about is, is what are your non-negotiables? So, you know, I had a lady the other day that absolutely loved the Twix chocolate bar. And for me, like that's not even in the top 10. Like, I'm not sure why she wanted the Twix, but fair enough to her. But I was like, okay, so that's your non-negotiable. You know, when you sit down and, and have that in front of the TV with your partner every evening, that's something that you want to do. So the first thing that I want you to do when you wake up is you scan that Twix in, and then you know your calories are built around that the other day. And a couple of weeks down the line, she's like, you know what? I don't even want it every day anymore. I know it's there if I want it, but actually I don't need it. So particularly during your calorie deficit, do you have anything where you're like, no, I need to make sure that I have this every day? For some people, it could be like a cappuccino or something. Um, whereas like an easy swap could be like obviously taking what would be like a full fat diet Coke and changing that to a Coke Zero. And that for me is quite an easy swap because you're still getting a bit of both. Um, yeah before I answer that question one thing you said there about like the cheese toasty and like you know like how that wouldn't fill you and that's a perfect example right okay I love a cheese toasty but and that doesn't mean that you need to take a cheese toasty out of your diet look at it and be like how can I add to my cheese toasty to make this work for me so how can I make this a lunch that's actually going to fill me okay so obviously you're going to have to weigh and measure your cheese so that you, you know it's very easy to go overboard in cheese but it's doable maybe swapping to wholemeal bread getting more fiber in, it's going to be a little bit more filling. Add some chicken or ham. I would say chicken. Chicken would be a better option <laughs> to your cheese. So suddenly you're having a chicken and cheese toast, so you're getting more protein in there. And then add a salad or chopped vegetables. Like I just love to just slice some cucumber and carrots like on the side. And then I like, just eat my vegetables first and then have my my toasty and enjoy it. And suddenly you've made it into a more filling meal so that you don't have to take away things you enjoy, but just try and make them work for you a bit more. And if, yeah, it might be adding a little bit more calories, but then that it's worth it because you're going to feel fuller. And um, but in relation to what you're saying there with the non-negotiables, um, yeah, like I live for my cup of tea and my chocolate. Anyone who knows me knows this. My cup of tea and my chocolate in the evening time. Now, the chocolate that I have will very much depend on my protein targets. So like I want to hit 140 grams of protein every day. So if towards the end of the day, one of my meals hasn't been as high in protein as I'd like, I will swap out my Freddo bar for a fulfill bar. So I usually have like two little Freddo bars because they're only 99, 97 calories. So I'd have two. Um, I'd, I'd have a fulfill bar or like a grenade bar or something instead because they'd be higher in protein. And it's important to remember everyone, protein bars are not better for you. They're, they're still chocolate. They're still treats. But if you've got a protein target, they're a great way to get your treat in and hit your protein target. So, but they are expensive. So I don't have a protein bar every day because as well, I find sometimes it's not great for my digestion. Um, but again, all this stuff is trial and error. So, but like it, but it's more, I don't even think it's about the chocolate for me. It's that switch off time. Kids are in bed, you know, I'll stick on Netflix or I'll read a book or whatever. And I'll get my cup of tea and my chocolate. And it's a ritual that I've had for a long time. But interestingly, now that I'm kind of restricting for these last 10 days and I think that these last 10 days will be a really interesting one to kind of show everyone that this restriction is not fun and um, you know it, it's hard like already I have to go shopping on Friday and Saturday and I'm like fuck well, I'm going to have to bring food with me what the fuck am I going to do you know like I'm, I'm kind of eating on the go you know it's going to be really really hard and one thing that I've done I've had to like 
restrict is like I was planning for my snack last night. I was like, oh, I only have calories left for like one digestive biscuit with my cup of tea. And I'm like, I don't like, I don't know. What's the point? <laughs> you know, so like that. Um, but the past few nights, I've like there's been times where I've actually swapped out that chocolate and had some Greek yogurt and granola and some fruit. And it has actually given me the same level of satisfaction as the chocolate. So it's not the chocolate. But um, as you reduce your calories more, it does challenge you to, to, to change. Like something has to change in order for it to change. Well, that's that's exactly it. And, and there is obviously that that level of restriction, which you just kind of understand. But again, when you've like for you in particular, Kate, when you've been dieting down, you kind of had a little little bit of extra calories to play with. But you could for this last period of the calorie deficit, you know, that's going to be 1800. So, you know, there's going to have to be some restriction there, which is just the reality of diet dieting. And just like the reality of dieting is you are going to be hungry at times because, you know, by very definition, you are in a calorie deficit, your body is consuming less energy than it needs but for you you can kind of see that end goal you can see day 52 in sight so you think well actually i can do this for x amount of days and then i can know that i can have this little bit of relax so i think if people understood more that you know once if you you know have this diet where it's a fixed period of time and then you allow yourself to have a little bit of a diet break over maintenance obviously we're in the build up to christmas so that's going to be really important that you don't restrict yourself too much and you allow yourself time with the family and to have these extra treats and that's actually going to be more beneficial in the long run because when you get back to it whether that be after christmas or in the new year you're going to kind of come back rejuvenated and think you know what i know i can diet because there's definitely going to need to be an end point and there's definitely going to be times within the year where i can relax a little bit more and that's actually going to help you with your adherence to the current diet yeah and i think it's really important to remember as well that there's very different types of clients um so someone like myself i have like i'm very much all about the slow and steady approach and having a life and having balance however i have an end date of the 17th of december i know what needs to be done now for these last 10 days i would not have stuck with 1800 calories for six weeks i just wouldn't because to me i'd be like life wouldn't be worth living <laughs> and i know some people are laughing at me listening to this thinking 1800 calories can't come on <laughs> but it is like it's it's restrictive for me and um but i had like you said i have that end goal in mind but not only that i have other people being like why are you pushing you know you're a healthy weight why are you pushing to lose more body fat because i have because I'm now working with a coach, which I will talk more about in my videos, particularly as I finish the calorie deficit, I've started working with a coach and I'm going to be going into a surplus for the winter and the spring to start building some muscle. So in order to do that, I want to be, I want to drop as much body fat as I can before I go into a muscle building phase. And I will be spending a good few months at a surplus which I will, I probably won't document daily because I feel like Jesus, people must be sick of listening to me, but I will document it regularly um, to, you know, and talk about the mindset side of that because I know that is like a whole different minefield for, for women as well. So I have a very specific goal, but I also know that I'm not restricting, restricting, restricting to then just binge over Christmas. I will be working with a coach on increasing my calories gradually. My protein levels are going to be high and yes, I will be gaining weight over the next few months, but it will hopefully mostly be muscle you know obviously but like you can't gain muscle without gaining some body fat so i know that and then i will do a short diet then to strip back any body fat see what i've built you know um you know that you know how it works but that that's my goals at the minute so that is if someone has a specific goal and a long-term plan in place that makes them going really tight with the diet for a short space of time is worth it but that's only a very short small percentage of people most people, if you're someone who's listening who has two, three, four stone to lose, restricting down to 1500 calories or 1400 calories or whatever is not the answer because you have a long journey ahead of you. And I mean that in a very positive way, like you're going to have a really long, exciting journey ahead of you, but it has to be enjoyable. So you have to be able to get that balance. And the thing is, the heavier you are, the higher your calorie total at maintenance is going to be. So yes, like as my journey has gone on, I've dropped my calories slightly. Um, I would never drop my clients' calories that drastically kind of in such a short space of time because my, my clients are looking at long game and, you know, just sustainable fat loss. But yeah, it. what am I trying to say? Yeah, so like it is about like think about how high your maintenance, if just say if you are 16 stone, 
your maintenance is going to be up high enough. You just need to get in about a three, three to 500 calorie deficit and maintain that. And that's over, that's seven days a week. So if just say you were eating just for my maths, 2000 calories a day in your deficit, multiply that by seven, that's 14,000 calories a week. If you eat 1800 calories Monday to Thursday, you've saved an extra 800 calories to have your takeaway at the weekend. Your life doesn't have to change that much. You just need to get more organized and structured still enjoy your life, learn all these things that you can do about yourself, improve as you go. And it's life changing and it will happen sooner than you think. Like think how quickly a year goes by two years. So quick. Exactly. And, and it's a really important point that you're making in terms of, you know, if you are at the beginning of your journey and you do have a lot of weight to lose, it's really important that you don't cut your calories too much too low because then you're not giving yourself any wiggle room. So you really kind of want to start off 10 15% deficit at the very very tops and then kind of you know start chipping away as you as there becomes physically less of you you are going to start learning burning less calories at rest and you know you're going to find that you're getting fitter and all the rest of it so you know it's really important don't cut your calories too low because when eventually there will be a time where either you want a diet break and it's important to basically want to be in as many calories as you can for any period of time whether you're at maintenance or in a diet and then that just gives you a little bit of wiggle room for when you get back into your deficit so don't cut too low too early and always uh, leave yourself that little bit of extra so then when you eventually do hit a plateau you can reduce your calories by one to two hundred per day and kind of average that over a week or you can maybe looking at in, uh, incorporating more steps or whatever into your routine and that's going to be really important for keeping your journey you know if you've got a long way to go and just un- it's just that understanding of no you're not going to be able to keep a deficit for 52 weeks of the year so make sure that you incorporate regular diet breaks within to that. And when you do go on holiday, fucking enjoy it. Just have a time, have a relax. Don't worry too much about like tracking calories. And again, like tracking calories should only be seen as a short term thing because nobody can track calories for again, 52 weeks of the year. So just kind of have that understanding that there are going to be periods where you relax yourself and that's absolutely fine. But the main thing, as we've discussed already, is that you keep going, you keep being consistent and you see it as a long game rather than a short-term fix. Yeah, and I think that's this is really relevant to talk about around Christmas as well. So anyone who's been dieting through the summer or since the summer or whatever, you know, coming up to Christmas, um, nobody should be tracking. If you were tracking your calories on Christmas Day, unless you're like, getting ready to weigh in for a fight or a competition or something like there's something not right. You need to take a break. Like, and you it need to weigh up what's important. Like, you know, being around your loved ones and enjoying the food. Now that doesn't mean that you need to binge and feel like shit either, you know, and this is what I'm saying to my clients. If you can lead by how you feel or how you want to feel, and um, it can be quite empowering. And it, it, Christmas is a great time to really test that out. First of all, you need to be okay with, Okay, I'm I'm not going to be in a calorie deficit over the Christmas over Christmas week. I'm probably going to be in a surplus and I'm okay with that. And putting boundaries around your occasions and being like, okay, I'm going to relax and enjoy those occasions, but that doesn't mean that it needs to be the whole month of December. So we're what what date is it now? The 7th of December. So so if if anyone listening to this can be like, what date can I keep tracking up until? So maybe that's the 20th 22nd whatever you decide and then commit to yourself I'm, I'm going to keep going until this date I have a Christmas party and a Santa trip in between now and then and I'm going to put a little boundary around both of those occasions and I'm going to just relax and enjoy those occasions all my other days I'm going to track I'm going to keep all my habits up my steps my workouts my water because I know I'm going to feel good And then go into Christmas again, you have your boundaries around whatever dates you're taking off. And I think everyone should take a break because it's good for the head. Yeah. Take a break. But that doesn't mean literally lie there in bed, stuffing your face full of chocolate. (laughs) Still get out for your walks because you'll feel good. I find if I don't get out for a walk, I'm more than likely going to kill my family. So, you know, (laughs) it's important. And get out for your walks, drink your water, keep everything moving, eat some vegetables, put a bit of protein on your plate, but don't count your calories. Yeah, it's it, it's super important, and and as you're saying, and you know when we when we talk about you know this this diet break or eating and maintenance, let's make it very clear: we are not saying stop everything and stop tracking your calories and go. We are saying the only thing that changes, other than is 
the only thing that changes is basically how many calories you're consuming during this period but you're still keeping up your sleep you're still staying hydrated you're still keeping up with your training you're still keeping up with your steps the only factor that is changing around all of this is your calories and then once like your habit and your routine in terms of your exercise it might take a little bit of a hit over christmas but use the time go out for these like nice snowy hikes and all the rest of it which is going to be really good and one thing you were saying um you know around all the christmas dues and everything like that we all know that they're they're coming up and apart aside from obviously not tracking for those periods what are kind of some of your favorite techniques that you use to bank up some of those extra calories or navigate around these particularly during this busy christmas period um so like what i did with my videos there last week just saving so when i was on two two thousand calories eating 1800 calories per day that week coming up to it so that I saved that was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Now I had like three whole days of stuff. So I had 800 calories for a little bit of a safety net. Um, but keep like, like you said, they're just keeping everything else in place. Like have the occasion, enjoy the occasion. Like I like at this time of year, I'm not even going to tell everyone, Oh, get sauce on the side or, you know, get go with the chicken and, you know, get vegetables, but ask for no butter on the vegetables. I'm like, go for your meal. Enjoy it. You know, have, have your meal eat slowly and mindfully stop when you're full you know um if you're choosing to drink make sure that you have your next day planned and organized and all the like your meal prep so that you're not going to get a takeaway you know put things in place to make things easier for yourself if you are going to drink try and have a plan of how many drinks you you plan to have now i know that's sometimes (laughs) and that's okay but little things like that with dessert you know like i don't i don't drink like so if I'm out, like I'll always be driving. So sometimes I would have, I would have like one glass of wine if I like on a really special occasion. I had a glass of wine, shocker, for my um wedding wedding anniversary. Like and I like I would I've done episodes where I'm like I don't drink alcohol and I don't, but sometimes I would do like a glass of prosecco or a glass of wine. So like, but I'm a dessert person and I love dessert. So if you're out for a special occasion meal, you've had your dinner, you look at the dessert menu and there's something on it that you wanted, have it, enjoy it. Don't feel guilty. Know that your scales are probably going to be up tomorrow because of the, all the extra sugar and everything. But just get back to it the next day. If you look at the dessert menu and you don't see anything you like and you're actually quite full, don't be like, fuck it, I'll get something anyway because I'm out. Be like, I don't really like any of this. I'm full. I won't bother. Yeah, and that's and that's it. And it's it's kind of that give and take. Like if you if you understand that you absolutely can have that, but it's not just being overzealous with it and just having it for the sake of having it. It's if you really crave it and, and you want to have it, absolutely allow yourself to do it. But if you're just ordering, you know, whatever it is, maybe a starter that you're not even really that keen on just for the sake of having it well then that's the bit where you can't have your cake and eat all the rest of it in in kind of that way but one one thing that i kind of again tell to my clients is um so one technique that you can use like when you go out for these meals is a technique called pre-eating so have like a really big salad like full of protein and vegetables and loads basically as much as you can fill on your plate have that kind of a couple hours before you go out then that will kind of like line your stomach fill it up with lots of high volume foods so then you're actually less tempted to order the start of the main dessert and it just kind of keep you in check but obviously when you go in don't track don't track the drinks just go out enjoy it and understand that if you get back to it the very next day you're not going to have hampered your progress you're so right don't go out starving it's the worst thing you can do don't starve <laughs> yourself all day to save the calories because you'll eat double the amount it will be a binge so yeah like that and i would always say keep your breakfast and your lunch in place the exact same but what you're saying is really good as well because instead of not just keeping your breakfast and lunch in place but yeah prioritize protein and vegetables get as much protein and vegetables and if you do want to save a few calories maybe eat eat less carbohydrates for breakfast and lunch that day if you know you're gonna have shit loads of them when you go out that is one way to to do it and just to to not be starving going out for sure yeah, that's it. And we all know the dangers of going shopping when you're hungry and, and going out for a meal when you're hungry. You know, quite quickly that tra- treat will turn into a lot of things and then maybe a takeaway at the end of the night, which I've definitely been guilty of in the past. But yeah, it's just these little things, little tips and tricks that will really help you on your journey. Yeah. And one thing actually that struck me that when you were talking about, you know, figuring out your calories and stuff like that as well was um back to, to just the tracking calories before we move on. Um you know, trying to figure out what deficit to be on. Like I know is a huge question that I get and I'm sure you get it as well. And um, now I lead everyone to my calorie calculator. I don't know if you have one as well, but I have a really um, great calorie calculator on my website 
um, that's not a plug there. Anyone go check out my calorie calculator on my website. But um, it's like it's a really good one because it gives everyone their TDEE, which is their, um, you know, their what how many calories that they're burning in total it gives them their um their coma calories as in that your minimum baseline I'm, I'm simplifying all of this your baseline calories that you need when you're lying in bed just staying alive you know and then it gives you the information of what calories you should be on for a deficit what calories you should be on if you want to gain some weight and um, what calories you should be on if you want to maintain your weight it gives all this like really detailed information but what i love about my calculator and it's not i didn't create the calculator you know i'm obviously um i'm using that calculator from um from another brand but um, what I love about it is it's give, it gives everyone a 300 calorie deficit, which is a great place to start. So if someone's maintenance is still quite low, it's not going to tell them to eat 500 calories less. It's going to tell them to start at 300 calories less. And I think that's really we can get impatient and really get that huge calorie deficit gap. Whereas so my point with this anyway, so that's the calorie calculator. And I think that slight deficit is brilliant. But another if there's someone who is looking to figure out what their calories are. And they're not, first of all, I would always say work with a coach because working with a coach, they're going to take all your life stuff into account. And, um, you know, they're going to be able to calculate the best, as best as possible, what, what calories and adjust as necessary. But if you're not in a position to work with a coach and you're doing this yourself, have a look at the calorie calculator. It'll give you a good place to start. But what another way you can do it is just if, you, if you've maintained your weight for, for the past couple of months, just keep eating the way you're eating, but track everything, weigh everything you're eating, track it. Don't try and change anything, but track it all and see how many calories you're eating at maintenance. So if you did that for a week, when you think about it, just eating, it's like having your cereal for breakfast, your toast and whatever you're having all day. It doesn't matter how many cal thousand calories it is. Track it. And then you know how many calories you're having every day. And once you know how many calories you could do, and I would suggest doing it for two weeks because obviously some weeks are different than others. And then on average, you'll know how many calories you're eating a day and at, at maintenance, let's say, or maybe at, in a little bit of a surplus. And then all you need to do is reduce them a bit, take them down, depending on how, like if they're, you find, realize you're eating 4,000 calories, you could probably take them down to 3,500. You know, if you find that you're actually only eating about 2,200 calories a day, take them down to 2,000 and see what happens. Weigh yourself every day, take a weekly average. That's it. And and it's never an exact science because obviously even with these calculators, um, you know, it's it's kind of like they can do the best, but you know, people tend to overestimate the amount of activity that they're doing and they tend to underestimate the amount of calories that they're consuming, which is kind of a bad formula. But as you say, if you've never tracked before, it's so important just for like kind of know your general knowledge, like if you've never tracked oils, peanut butter, cereals, whatever it is, all these kind of foods that you think, oh, you know, peanut butter is a health food. So if I have a tablespoon, that would be fine. But actually a heaped tablespoon and a flat tablespoon, there could be nine calories in, in the difference in that. And if you're having two slices of toast, actually you could be potentially taking yourself out of the deficit. So just going through that process of tracking your calories and seeing where you're at is so important if you've never done it before. And as you say, once you kind of kind of understand where you're at, then you can do a deficit from there. Uh, which is going to be really important and particularly you know if you think you're in a deficit and you're and you're not losing weight then you start need to track in absolutely everything including the alcohol at the weekends including the, the sauces the oils and everything because if you think you're in a deficit and you're not losing weight news flash you're not in a deficit unfortunately mm. that's just the way it works yeah that's it use yourself as the experiment just be patient figure it out be consistent track it adjust as you need to and, and you'll get there um, before we finish up, I wanted to just ask you a little bit about because like your content is great. And I see that you do a lot of like simple recipes, you know, so affordable recipes that are easy to make. And your message, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, is very much simplicity. Mm -hmm. And um, so talk to me a little bit more about this, um, about your message and who you're targeting. And um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so so basically, it's kind of like so a lot of kind of um, what you currently see online is, you know, there are loads of obviously health and fitness accounts that do do recipes and stuff like this, but it's a lot of the time it's using ingredients that you might not really have access to. It's buying like a whole jar of something to use something very small. So what I try to do with my recipes is make like instead of just making for one person, I'll try and like bulk make so like four meals, so then you can fridge 
put them in the fridge or freezer um, for discount. So instead of like buying a full tin of whatever it is and using half of it and having to throw the rest out, it's, it's using that and making sure that you're utilizing all of it. And it's kind of just, I guess, for more like real people and in terms of the families and stuff like I do pretty much all of my shopping between Aldi, Lidl and Asda and I always kind of buy the smart value price and for a lot of people that kind of like it a very big barrier for eating healthily like when they think of eating healthily they think that's expensive I could never afford that so what I really want to try and do is break down that barrier and just try and make healthy eating accessible for everybody try to make the recipes as simple as possible because because actually, you know, I seen that you um, with one of your deficits the other day, you know, like these packets of like Uncle Ben's rice and they obviously do like the brand value now. It's never been easier to eat healthily. And, you know, if you want to make a stir fry, they've got these big um, mixed vegetable bags. So you don't need to be buying all these bags of vegetables to use two or three of them and then have to throw the rest out because a third of the food in the world is wasted. And one thing that you really need to try and do is reduce that waste, save your money, save your time, save your cost and all the rest of it. So, you know, by using these things that are really kind of available within the supermarkets, you're going to be able to not have to buy all these different ingredients and really simplify your meals. And it saves time. It saves you chopping. So it's really important. And, and what kind of a lot of the accounts that they don't utilize all of these kind of like little kind of hack things that the supermarkets are providing. So what I try to do with my content is try to keep the ingredients list as simple as possible. Try and make sure that we're using absolutely everything within that, keeping the cost down, making them as low calorie as possible and as high in protein to remove that barrier for a lot of people in terms of what they think they have to be spending in terms of healthy eating. I think that's such, like, I think it's such a great thing that you're doing because not only does, is that helpful to, you know, young guys like you, you know, that maybe are just cooking for themselves or themselves and their partners or whatever, you know, and, and young girls, you know, that um, a lot of recipes are for four people or for six people or whatever, you know, so to be able to kind of, I know that a lot of my clients who either live alone or just live with a partner, they find that difficult, all that, that waste, like with, when it comes to vegetables. So yeah, being able to give people ideas of how to utilize um, all all the ingredients that they have in the house or you know what to buy so that at the end of the week because I can tell you as a mother of three who spends an absolute fortune on my shopping because my like they just eat me out of house and home but anyway <laughs> um, well like, I have a 13 year old boy like you know he's nearly 14 so like seriously he never stops eating but um what what I there's nothing more satisfying if you do a big weekly shop and at the end of the week everything's used yeah. I'm like I don't mind spending the money then I'm like it's it's been eaten which is great but there's nothing worse than throwing out loads of vegetables because they've gone off so um but also another thing that my clients other busy mom clients they don't have time to be making like these fancy recipes online are amazing like and like you know there's some really great fake away ideas but a lot of us just like especially midweek don't have the time exactly. to be doing it so to be able to to look at recipes where it's like okay literally just need uncle ben's rice a bit of mince and yeah. maybe an onion you know and some salsa or something and there we go there's dinner like it's brilliant that's it and it, and it yeah it's exactly what you said and and when you wait exactly when you use all the ingredients you, you actually think okay I don't mind spending that money because I know you know it's going to be improving the health of me and my family which is obviously so so important but and you know that's when you're getting the value for money you don't mind spending that little bit extra to kind of eat healthy and all the rest of it and and one thing that's kind of like a bit stigmatized is like you know these bags of like frozen mixed vegetables which you get which you can store in the freezer like for some people using things like that that are readily available is going to be so important because you know you can freeze it you can use a little bit whenever and you're getting a mix of vegetables within it but it's kind of like i guess a bit frowned upon to kind of use these it's seen as a bit of a cheat but absolutely that's not the case and and absolutely you can use that and incorporate it as part of that you know you're healthy and, and all the rest of it yeah frozen vegetables definitely count and if anything um i would argue that frozen vegetables are going to be better for you and have more life force in them than vegetables that are shriveling up at the bottom of your drawer that have been very, they're going to be fresher <laughs> from frozen all the moisture and yeah it just means you have to clear it out at the end of the week no yeah there's nothing worse than slimy spinach at the the bottom (laughs) of the fridge Uh, last question dave what does the word health mean to you um 
so I something that I run um, with my business is is for me it's like there's three pillars to it and that's your physical health, it's your mental health and your social health because a lot of people, you know, they focus on their physical health and they'll do all these kind of restrictive things. Well, actually, that can have a really bad impact on your mental health. Or maybe when you're prioritizing your mental health, like sometimes your social health can kind of take a hit if you're not checking in with your friends and family. And so, so for me, health is kind of finding a nice healthy balance so you can kind of prop up all the pillars of that so it's not just about like a lot of people what's health to you like oh it's being fit enough to do x y and z well actually but if you're not like in a in a mentally stable place to actually leave the house and go do that then you're you your health is going to be struggling in that way so it's really important to kind of have this holistic approach to health where it's not just about you know this physical and trying to diet down and be as lean as you can but actually if you can find a nice balance which allows you to have these social occasions with your friends and family whilst also promoting these really healthy behaviors in terms of not being too restrictive when you go out for meals and stuff like that if that impact if that means that instead of being 100% with your physical health you're only at like 70 to 80% but actually the other two are really improving alongside that for me that is the perfect picture of health when you have that balance across all three rather than focusing on one at any particular time um but obviously you know alongside that being healthy enough to to do the things that you want to do it's you know if your friends like do you want to go on a hike or this it's been like you know what actually i feel it confident and in a position where i can do that so it's all really important in that kind of way and that's why it's it's really good to kind of have this holistic approach rather than focusing one of those three at any time social health i love that um because you know we hear lots of you know mental health and uh, physical health and even spiritual health but social health i like yeah that's that's such a good one to think about um and probably one that i i probably need to do more of in fairness but you know and it's interesting that you know um when we focus on different areas, like it, you know, other areas do fall aside. Um, if anyone is looking to um, contact you or wants to, you know, follow you or just find out a little bit more about what you do, where is the best place for them to find you? Uh, probably my Instagram. I'm Dave Fell Fitness on both Instagram and TikTok. Dave Fell on Facebook. Um, so, and then that's for that. And then um, my other business that I run, which is more about sports and, and the social side of it, that's called Fell Fitness Community. But if you type in Fell Fitness, something will come up and, and be able to go from there. I'd love to have you involved. And if anybody's got any questions, I'm more than happy to answer that and take the time to do that. Very good. I will share your Instagram um, in the show notes and um, to Google Fell Fitness if you want, if they want to find out more about what you do. Because I feel like we could have, we have so many other things to talk about. Perhaps we will do a part two. I would love that, Kate. In the new year, that would be amazing. Uh, Dave, thank you so much for your time. No, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Chat to you soon. Cheers. I just want to say thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Um, You guys have no idea how much it means to me. Um, I absolutely love doing the podcast and I love sharing and the stories of the different people that I talk with and I'm just learning so much myself so from the bottom of my heart thank you so much and if I could ask you for one little thing well maybe three little things and would be number one if you could subscribe to the podcast it makes such a difference and for numbers on Spotify or whatever and with people actually subscribing rather than just listening to random episodes and if you if there's ever a particular episode that you really enjoy, if you were able to leave a review, this would be absolutely amazing. And then obviously the most important thing, if you enjoy an episode, please do share it on your stories, wherever on your social media, tag me in it, or even just share it in your WhatsApp groups or with your friends or with your family or anyone that you think um, will enjoy the podcast. Um, let's try and get it out there to more people and try and help more people. Um, and if you are eager to get working with me, um, I have restructured how I'm going to be doing my coaching going forward. So the eight week Nourish, Move and Shine program is no more. Um, however, you can still work with me by application only. So um, if you're interested in getting fit, getting healthy and just getting into good habits um, check out my coaching application form. You get it through the link in my bio and any of my social media or on my website and we can have a chat, see if it's a good fit and get you working towards your goals for the year ahead. 